when people are allowed to have some fun, productivity goes up 50%. Profitability goes up 21%. Turnover goes down 59%. I mean, these are all very real stats. We talked about how stress goes down. Teams become more connected. You know, people take more accountability because there's an atmosphere of trust. This is really the key. Okay. So it's about creating a culture of trust. Hello, Positive Leaders. Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to the Positive Leadership Podcast with Andrea Crabtree and David List, a podcast for everything a veterinary manager needs to know to get the job done. We've been there and we know how hard it is and are here to help share our knowledge and expertise to elevate you. I'm Andrea Crabtree, co-founder of Positive Leadership Podcast, owner of FurPause Consulting, a certified veterinary practice manager, and HR certified professional. And I'm David Liss, co-founder of the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm also a certified veterinary practice manager, hold an MBA, and I'm a registered veterinary technician. And this podcast is for you, the veterinary practice manager, supervisor, and leader. We want to elevate you by equipping you with relevant content, material, guidelines, instruction, feedback, and pro tricks and tips. We will deliver real life experience along with our super smart guests that will get you through the obstacles that you're facing today with some bloopers and blunders along the way to remind you that you're not alone. FurPaws Consulting has deep expertise in helping veterinary practices reach their full potential for all types of practices, whether specialty, emergency, or general practice, by working alongside the practice owner and manager. Are you a practice owner or practice manager with a challenge and not enough bandwidth to tackle it? Reach out to me, Andrea Crabtree, owner of FurPaws Consulting, with the question that keeps you up at night. I'm able to provide expertise and insight to navigate those tricky obstacles. Find my info in the show notes, email me at andrea at furpaws.us, or check out my website at www.furpawsconsulting.com. Welcome back, positive leadership listeners. Today we have Megan Benson here to interview, talk with, chat with, all things veterinary fun. I am super excited to have Megan. Megan, thank you for coming on to the show with David and I. Thanks, Megan. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Megan, I have known you for quite a long time, so I'm going to do a formal introduction for those of you that have not been as privileged as I have to know you as long. Megan Benson, the doctor of fun.com. You have a BA and you are certified as an MBTI and neurocolor trainer. Without having to read your bio, can you tell me who you are and how you got to be where you are today? Yes, I know. I don't have as many initials after my name as you do, but that's okay. Well, I get bored easy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yes, as you said, my company is thedoctorfun.com. I'm a speaker, I'm a consultant and a fun specialist. So basically, I help businesses increase their bottom line using games-based education and really fun events so that their employees and their clients are bought in and motivated and happier. And it was kind of an interesting road to get here because I actually did spend 14 years in veterinary medicine. That's how you and I met, Andrea. Yes, just a minute ago, right? Right. (laughs) Hard to believe. But part of my role in that business was doing staff training and putting on events for veterinarians. And 
you know, we would be teaching some pretty dry technical stuff about veterinary medicine. And when I would look around the room and I found myself as chairman of the board, B-O-R-E-D. Yeah, right. Snooze fest. <laughs> I mean, people would be on their phones or distracted. And, it's, you know, it didn't seem like they were retaining much because, I don't know, there's nothing worse than when you get to the end of a presentation and you're like, any questions? And then there's just crickets. <laughs> so yeah. I knew that if I wanted to be successful, I had to change it up. And so through that, I discovered that I really had a gift for getting people engaged and incorporating games and adding a fun twist. And Andrew, I know you've experienced firsthand some of my shenanigans. Yes. yes. Amazing. Good stuff. <laughs> so I really think I found my calling and I waited for the perfect time right after the worldwide pandemic started and everything <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Of course, that was the best time yes, to start a business, right? right? Time, yes, I walked away from my perfectly good career to start my own business. Actually, you know, I will say it was perfect time because I had seen firsthand kind of the pressure and the stresses of this industry. Oh, and, man. I mean, we needed but, fun more than anything. I the know. Because right. everything yes. was not fun. So thank yeah. God for you. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it seems like the veterinary industry has made your BO. You know, there's a lot of burnout. <laughs> oh, I was going with stinky, but that too. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. Stinky and burnout, you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like we've become the society of work zombies. And I think I was suffering from my own sense of burnout and, and probably a little midlife crisis. So, you know, I know I wasn't alone in that. I think a lot of people were checked out and leaving their jobs. So, yes, I walked away at 47 years old. And now my mission is to infuse fun back into the world that I love. Yes. It's a perfect job for you. Like you said, you've found your calling for sure. You're very, very good at what you do. Yeah. Thank you. If you could pick a favorite book, podcast, CE, class, I don't know, boring CE that you're talking about, right? <laughs> pick one thing that had a lasting impression on you that really made a difference in who you are today. Okay. So there is a book that I discovered called The Levity Effect, Why It Pays to Lighten Up. And I discovered this book when I was researching the effects of fun on business. You know, I had seen firsthand when I was doing my own crazy trainings and events, it just seemed like the level of retention and learning and engagement was through the roof. And so dove into a lot of studies on this subject. And I remember the first time I read this book, every page, I was just like, yes, you know, like that scene. When it's Harry true. <laughs> It just made me feel so justified to see that everything I'd been practicing with my games and my humor, that it works and that there's data to back it up. So, yeah, so that book really just kind of reconfirmed, sent me on this path. That's awesome. So, Megan, you were a territory rep for many, many years, and I'm sure that as a territory rep, you hosted your fair share of meetings, whether it was lunch and learns or in-clinic meetings or dinner meetings. And then in your current business, the one that you run, you talk about helping speakers or meeting and event planners and businesses increase their bottom line using your unique play to win approach and making those fun. So you're really known for hosting business meetings and team trainings, but doing it in a really, as you kind of said, a, a different way and a really capital F-U-N way. So tell us your secret herbs and spices. How do you make these different and really improve the bottom line in that way as well? Well, it's all about engagement. 
I love to create a very high level of engagement and fun. And I don't look at it as a meeting or a training or just some, you know, same old team building exercise. I'm trying to create an experience. It's memorable. It's unique. You know, it actually takes a lot of thought and preparation to pull off. And I think that that's probably one thing a lot of people don't realize is how much time and effort it takes to make things fun. (laughs) And it's probably why most people don't do it because I think there's a misperception out that people think that fun is spontaneous and random or even worse that it's what happens at the end, you know, like it's something to be, to be earned. Like the training Mm -hmm. that you sit through where they say, I'm going to stand up here and bore you to death with this lame training. And at the end, we'll play a game and see how well you learned. Yeah, Um, right, right. (laughs) It's your reward. Yes. And usually that's the first thing that gets cut. You know, they drone on for so long. There's no time for the game. Man, isn't that true? (laughs) That's so true. It's always the like, oh, we didn't get to the meet and greet thing. We got to go back to work. And that was all the stuff that people were looking forward to, right? (laughs) The fun stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. So what I would do instead is you make the training the game and retention goes way up. I mean, right now, unfortunately, I think the stat is people only retain about 7% of what they hear. Seven, like single digit. But when you incorporate games, retention goes up to 87%. You know, I know vet people love stats, right? So here's another one for you. Over 80% of employees say that gamification makes them more motivated and happier at work. So I really think you've got to think about what is the result that you're looking for, because it's not just, you know, regurgitating information or delivering information, but what's the action that you want people to take? as a result, and what will actually drive them to do it. Because putting people to sleep and making people feel bad or stupid or threatened or not cared about, it's like writing with a broken pencil. It's pointless. Those things don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a million. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this may be a little bit redundant in your answer, but let's see where you take it. Okay. Megan, I know your mantra very well because I've I've lived it for a very long time and it's fantastic, (laughs) but let's dive into it. So your mantra is we need to get serious about having fun. And like David said, capital F-U-N, right? So tell me what this looks like specifically when we talk about having fun. What does it look like at one of your training sessions, one of your business meetings, one of your staff meetings, team building exercises, et cetera? Like, tell me what that looks like. Okay. So I like to teach people using my play to win approach. And I mean, literally play. So I spend a lot of time shopping at the toy store or the party store to get ideas. I'm buying games and things from childhood and incorporating or somehow attaching a lesson through the games. So, you know, when people are are having fun and laughing and then you can attach a lesson to it, it sticks, you know, it makes sense. and. Because people, of course, I mean, when I ask you, what was the best time you had? You know, people usually remember when they're having fun. So when you can attach a lesson to it, that makes it all that more impactful. But also, I want to mention laughter is definitely a key ingredient because, I mean, I don't know anybody that hates laughing, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Right. There are so many health benefits when people laugh and have fun. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just to name a few, it lowers your 
blood pressure, it reduces yes. pain, yeah. it boosts immunity, enhances your mood. I mean, burns calories. Hello. That's a good one. And we definitely need all of that since COVID, right? Like, I feel like we have not really had a good hard belly laugh since all of this started. Oh my gosh. And, you know, one of my favorite stats is, I'll see if you guys can guess this. You might know this, Andrea, because I, I talk about this a lot. Laughter will actually reduce the stress hormone cortisol by guess how much? Oh, 75%. Well, not that. That's a lot. That's just what I need right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the answer is 23%. 20. Yeah. Wow. Like a, a fraction, but decent. <laughs> that's pretty huge. That's I mean, pretty good. It is. So, yeah. and that's so simple to do. That's really a big deal. Need to watch some more comedies tonight. Exactly. You know, when you look at all the benefits to your health, to wellness, to the bottom line, I mean, we really got to get serious about fun. So Megan, how can managers and we practice owners that listen as well, how can they integrate fun, capital F-U-N, into day-to-day practice, you know, and still have their teams kind of buy into what they're saying? So there's two parts to the question. The first one is, how can they integrate fun into the day-to-day? How do we have more fun at work? Because I think sometimes we have fun at work, right? When we have a a birthday party for a staff member, or we just have a laugh fest in the back, but that can be few and far between, right? So that's kind of the first part. But then the second part is, and I can speak to this from kind of experiences, if I'm goofy and more funny at work, will my teams take me seriously? Will they respect my authority? Will they buy into what I'm saying? So there's kind of two parts to that question. I hope you can tackle that and what your thoughts are. Sure. Yeah. And that is, I know this can be kind of a hard concept for managers, especially because there's kind of a belief that if people are having fun, then work isn't getting done. Fun can be looked at as unprofessional or a waste of time or distraction from work. When the reality is that, I mean, and this was in studies, you know, that the average employee is only productive. This is crazy. Less than three hours a day. And Yet when people are allowed to have wow. some fun, isn't that crazy? Right. Like it took me a minute there. Really? Right. Wow. <laughs> Let that sink in. Right. And so you would almost have to just like track your day and fall because we spend so much time just like in stress mode or running around or doing minute, you know, minute little things. But the actual amount of time that you're productive is less than three hours a day. But when people are allowed to have some fun, productivity goes up. profitability goes up 21%, turnover goes down 59%. I mean, these are all very real stats. We talked about how stress goes down, teams become more connected, you know, people take more accountability because there's an atmosphere of trust. This is really the key, okay? So it's about creating a culture of trust. That's where you need to begin. It's not just about putting a ping pong table in the break room. You've got to- delegate. You got to make people feel included in the decision making and coming up with solutions. And then you got to provide outlets for people to smile and to have fun. So yeah, okay, you can put a ping pong table in the break room, but it doesn't stop there. You know, you can put someone in charge of, you know, like a joke of the day or put up a like a a board where everyone can see like they're in the not in the break room. It's got to be either in the treatment area or somewhere where you can see it yes. in the middle of the your whole day. shift. Yeah. Yes. Right. And put pictures up there, put photos of your pets, put funny quotes, cartoons, stuff that in the middle of your crazy day, there's something right there to bring a smile to your face. 
you could put music on. You could have a dance mat in the back somewhere. And if anyone steps on it, they have to bust out in the dance move, you know, really appreciate people for who they are and what they bring to the table. Because if you treat them like leaders, they will step up. And if they don't, then they're probably not right for your team. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said and kind of emphasize when you say it starts with trust. And one of my favorite books is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and it starts with trust. Mm-hmm. Every single thing I go back to with practices on their leadership teams or in any type of team building, extra, any anything, anything, it's always going to go back to trust. Do you trust your leadership team? Does the leadership team trust the team? And do, you know, does the team trust each other? And it, it, everything comes back to trust. So I love that you even tied fun into trust for sure. Love That's it. That's right where it begins. I mean, it's almost synonymous because you can't create an atmosphere where people feel safe and comfortable to have fun without having trust. trust right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I want to take this in a little bit different direction because I come from ER, like my first job was in ER and it a lot, a lot, 75 patients in-house any given time that were sick in CCU and ICU, like three feet in the grave, one foot on a banana peel, sick, Uh. a lot of trauma, a lot of hit by cars, a lot of just bad, bad, sick patients. And so I can see how it would be very difficult to have fun in the midst of that. Because in the midst of ICU or CCU, you're concentrating so much on keeping a patient alive or nursing care or the trauma that's coming in or something like that. So how can we have fun and take our job seriously at the same time? Mm, And I would say a lot of that has to do with COVID, right? We have so many cases coming in at us and there's just so many things that we're having to juggle. And I feel like that has a lot to do with it. So how can we have fun? And still take our job seriously when there's these types of, of things that we face every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point, actually, because sure, this industry, and especially right now after COVID, it's not just the trauma that we're dealing with with sick pets. Clients are upset and angry, and you know, and oh, at their yeah. wits' end, everybody yep. is just yep. really on edge these days. Absolutely. So fun doesn't always have to mean cracking jokes all day and throwing confetti when someone walks in the room. Fun is an attitude. It is not letting the daily drudgery get the best of you. It's not getting defensive and blaming and adding to the drama. So you have to think about, you know, it doesn't mean that we're being childish and not taking work seriously or ignoring our problems. It's simply about being in a happy mental state so that you can give your business your best. Because this mm. is this is a tough industry. And yeah. yes. there's a lot of heavy stuff. And so again, you want to think about the end result that you're after. It's a feeling, you know, we want our clients and our teams to feel cared for. So it might not be the right time for laughter, but how can you make them feel good? Because even on our worst days, what gets us through is the light at the end of the tunnel. So be the light. Interesting. Fun is a state of mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's pretty deep. I like it. So Megan, get on your soapbox, girl. What are a (laughs) couple of common mistakes that we all in veterinary medicine or in industry, right? Because you come from that too, make Mm -hmm. when we hold group meetings? What are just some, some, call them out. What are some things that we just need to stop 
do oh it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Super easy. I love this question because you're right. I could get on a total soapbox without this. Number one, no laughter. Okay. It doesn't always have to be so serious. You've got to allow some laugh, incorporate some laughter. And it doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to turn every, the whole meeting into a game or some funny story. But sometimes even just injecting a quick little, you know, funny meme or video or a quick joke just breaks the tension enough or breaks the serious enough that it allows people to just relax and then take in what you're saying. So it sometimes it doesn't always make sense to just totally switch gears and find something to laugh about, but it's very effective, very powerful. Yes. And I want to pause you there for a second because I don't remember what, and, and I've seen it a few times, I should say, but I've seen presentations, lectures, TE, whatever it may be, like either in the beginning or halfway through or, or right, you know, right after lunch or whatever it is where presenters will do something like put a funny meme up or play some music and say, okay, stand up, jump around, dance. I remember one, I think it was Sarah Wooten and she like taught everybody in the audience how to twerk. And like right after lunch at a conference one time, and I was like, this, this is fantastic, right? Because we're like drawing attention to something that's like, wah, 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 wah. Mm -hmm. And I wait, okay, pause. Now look at these fuzzy chickens up on the screen here and like put this like totally ridiculous meme in or joke on the board, right? And all of a sudden, everybody's you know rolling with laughter. And it's like, yes, break up the monotonous because sometimes we do have to present with monotonous stuff or the material is not the funnest, <laughs> pun intended, right? <laughs> so break that up with something then and inject something somewhere that's going to, to break up that monotony. Yes, because... Okay, back in your soapbox. I, well, as I mentioned earlier, your brain can only retain so much. So you could stand up there and keep droning on, but people aren't going to retain it. So really, yeah, to right. be effective, you got to break yes. it. you got to break the monotony. Yeah. Okay, so number two is that they don't make it engaging. They will just run down a list of reprimands and reminders and expect people to walk away somehow motivated. So you really got to turn your meetings into weedings. <laughs> it's not... Oh gosh. Are you making up words? <laughs> I love that one. Because really, it's not all about you, Sandy. It's not, you know... When you're in charge of a meeting, you just stand up there regurgitating all of your talking points and your list of items. It's again, think about the point of having the meeting. You want to get people involved, put people in charge of stuff, make it fun, put on some music, celebrate things. But in order to get through that list of yours, you've got to make it engaging. You've got to get people involved. And then the third thing I would say it, common mistake is not even doing them. And this is the time versus value decision. I mean, it was always shocks me to hear a hospital say that they don't do staff meetings. Yes. That they're, that right. They're too busy. Yeah. Right. Shocking. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I just, it blows my mind. And granted, I mean, a poorly run meeting is a waste of time, but if you do it right, the benefits are, are huge. Mm-hmm. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> meetings, yes, but make them engaging. Wait, wait, wait. Have fun meetings. Have fun meetings. Yes. Have fun meetings. 
productive. I mean, because that's just it. You're trying to have a productive meeting. Fun increases productivity. I mean, if you look at all the data that supports and just think about your own self, if you're dreading doing something, you will avoid it like crazy. You will come at it with little effort. You will come up with every excuse. But if it's fun, you'll jump at it. And when you think about, I always love to use this analogy, okay? And when you go to, like, if you compare going to Disneyland versus going to the DMV, okay? You if have somebody to... picks DMV right now, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. When you go to the DMV, the people there, they just seem miserable. You know, they're not having fun in there. But when you go to Disneyland, you have to wait in lines. You have to wait in line at the DMV. You have to wait in line at Disneyland. But what makes it okay? Yeah, it's Disneyland. I mean, come on. It's Disneyland. You're having fun. That's right. Mm -hmm. I know you're a girl after my own heart with our love for Disneyland. Big D, baby. (laughs) So there are some practice managers that really struggle with even holding a meeting, right? That gives them anxiety. They don't know how to either have fun. They don't know how to integrate it. It makes them uncomfortable even being up there. So doing something like integrating fun into a meeting or integrating fun into the workplace even is uncomfortable for them. So when we talk about what's one or two really good things that we can start tomorrow to increase effectiveness and increase productivity and integrate fun into our meetings, into our workplace, into what we do, answer that through a couple different lenses where one is someone like you and I that have no problem like putting a you know yoga mat in the middle of treatment and says, if anybody touches this, you have to break out into dance, right? <laughs> I will totally do that. I have Nerf gun fights at my hospitals. It is so much fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But some people are like, seriously, we're not having Nerf gun fights. And I'm like, well, just yeah. screwed you then, right? Like, <laughs> why are you like that? But some people, they just don't have that. It's not something that they are comfortable with. They know how to. So kind of answer that question yeah. through a couple different lenses again to give us some perspective on, If you love fun, this is how you can do it. Integrate some of these things that will increase effectiveness and maximize effectiveness and increase productivity within our teams. But then answer that question through the same lens of, you know, those people that just don't know how to. So how can they do it? Okay. So first, I want to address something that you mentioned that some managers are uncomfortable even holding meetings. So if that's the case, seriously, delegate it. Okay. If you are a manager and you are uncomfortable putting on a meeting, standing up there, and then even trying to make it fun makes you just crazy, delegate that. Put someone in charge of, here, this is the kind of stuff that we need to go over at this meeting. Come up with a game to you know, relay this information. You are responsible for bringing an inspirational or funny story. Delegate, because that gives people responsibility. It makes people accountable, and it will make the meeting that much more productive. So, you know, that excuse of I'm not good at running meetings, like you've got to you've got to have the meetings. That's what makes the staff come together, addressing the issues that need to be addressed. But you've got to be able to do it in a way that is effective. So get help. And it's okay to do it's okay to delegate that. You know, people think that if they hand off the reins, that they're giving up control. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. Not true. Not true at all. Right. When you do that, it makes people step up into leadership. For sure. And it'll make your job so much easier. So that's the first thing Mm. that I wanted to address. And Mm. then the other 
thing I think that everybody can do is adopt an attitude of latitude. And that just means lighten up, lighten up people. <laughs> Life well, is... I think David told me earlier, go ahead, let it rip, David. What did you say? You, what was your acronym when we first got on? Oh, I, <laughs> IDGAF. I don't give any Fs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just that moment of just like giving in and letting go of trying to control everything and not in a depressive way, literally in a way I'm just going to laugh about this insane situation I just have to deal with. Ha 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 ha. It's kind of crazy versus, oh my God, it's so stressful and the drama and the, you know, so uh, that's where I was at earlier today. (laughs) Exactly. Because you have to deal with it anyway. So you might as well make it fun to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's an exercise that I encourage people to do. I mean, we've all heard of making a gratitude list, right? You know, make writing down all the things we're grateful for. Yeah. If you have something that's troubling you or a challenge or something that's just, you know, makes you angry or whatever negative thing, make your list about that. Find the things in that that you can be grateful for and it'll turn your world around. It is crazy. That is this very simple exercise to do, but I highly, highly recommend that. That's awesome. And you mentioned it just a second ago, David, like you got to find time to laugh. So set an alarm, set an alarm in your phone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Set an, at least right. one. Now you could have mm-hmm. three because I think mm-hmm. you should laugh heartily three times a day, mm-hmm. but start with one. If you are the type of person that has trouble with fun and laughter, just once a day, set an mm-hmm. alarm on your phone. And no matter what, you've got to find something. There's so much stuff out there. I mean, please right. get on the TikTok, whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of funny stuff. <laughs> right, you know, just find right. something, belly aching laugh at least once yeah. a day. And I think once you get into this practice and you start to see and feel the benefits yourself and the the light, you know, you become lighter. Yeah. Then you start to realize how effective this can be to incorporate into your business. Yeah, that is interesting. Love it. So before I forget, Megan, I want to go back and ask you, so I'm not too sure, and I think our listeners probably aren't as well. What is MBTI? And you're a certified trainer, so tell us a little bit about that process. And what is NeuroColor and being certified in that as well? Those are both personality trainings. MBTI stands for Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And so anyone that's ever heard of like, ENFP or ISTJ, those different letters stand for the different pieces of your personality. And NeuroColor is a very similar type of survey where you're, instead of getting letters assigned to you, you have colors assigned to you. So you're either very high green or high yellow or, you know, so it just means I think this type of training, learning, understanding personalities is so important because everybody approaches things with a different perspective. And a lot of times we're only coming at things with our own perspective. And when people don't react the way we would react, it can cause some tension or some discord. And so having an understanding and appreciation of personality types, other ways to approach things just helps better communication, helps people get along better. So that's what those are. And you do these within practices? I can. Yes. Those are two types of trainings that I am certified in. There are 
very specific training materials that you go through to, and then you can get reports printed out that have your, you know, what your colors are or what your Myers-Briggs letters are. And it's a lot of fun. I definitely, it's a very popular training that I do. Yes. You did it with one of my practices and I loved it. I thought it was great. A good one. Megan, we're going to start to wrap up some of our questions. And so I would love for you to give one piece of advice to our listeners or to your younger self, should your younger self even listen. But if you could give us one piece of advice, what would that be? Okay. I will make this for your audience. Live your life like a dog with its head out the window. Oh, fantastic. We'll let that love sink that. in for a moment. <laughs> right. I freaking love that. Picture that. Right. <laughs> like slobber flying down the back window, glasses on, Not right? Ears flapping in the wind. Right. Just yep. the, la- yeah, lips flapping, happy <laughs> right. as a lark, right? Just focus yeah. on the now. Yep. Very cool. Megan, you have worked with a ton of practice owners, managers, clients. You have seen a lot. I would love for you to tell me the time when you encountered a situation and in the middle of that situation, your eyes popped out of your head like a pug, your chin hit the ground, your palm hit your forehead, and you said, no freaking way, I cannot make this shit up. Tell me your story. (laughs) I didn't know we could swear on this podcast. I've been holding back. Okay. Anyway. Come um... on, you know me better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have to say, my own personal experience. Yes, I was involved in the veterinary industry for for many, many years. But prior to getting into the veterinary industry, I was a client. And Andrea, you may remember this story. I my own cat had oh, a, yes. acute kidney failure at six years old. And through the magic of veterinary medicine, he had a kidney transplant. And lived another 10 years. And most transplant cats live, you know, a couple of years. So he was truly my miracle cat and taught me more about life and perseverance and purring through it all. Really, like he is, if I had to have a mascot for what I'm doing now, he'd yeah. be a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just, it blows my mind every time I think about that story. Like, it's just unbelievable what he went through. Wow. And survived. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Hey, Andrea here. Have you seen our social media pages? Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on our website, www.positiveleaders.com. And if you like what you see there, be sure to give Rhonda and Linda a shout out over at Dog Days Consulting. They do all of our social media management. They even built our website. Those ladies can work some creative magic for your business and your brand. Check them out on Facebook at Dog Days Consulting or visit their website at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. So at this point in the show, we're going to go into the rapid fire. Tell me about your most epic failure that has left a lasting impact. This one time I was on this podcast and I thought the rapid fire questions were going to be silly and fun. <laughs> like if you, if you lived in a house of jello, what flavor would it be? Tell me about your proudest moment. 
I started a foundation to help people pay for life-saving vet treatments. And, you know, we ended up helping hundreds of families from not having to make that horrible decision because of money. Why veterinary medicine? What do you just love about our profession? Oh, God, that's easy. The animals. Self-care. How do you practice it? How do you decompress? Oh, three things. Laughing, exercise, dessert. How do you balance work and life? And do you experience work guilt in that balance? Ooh, well, that is exactly what I'm trying to eliminate. The idea that work and life are separate. And what keeps you up at night? Things that stress you out or cause you anxiety in your consulting business? Questions like these. Uh, If my shirt's inside out, uh, if I can't find a bathroom, I don't know. What gets you up and out of bed in the morning? What excites you to start your day? Oh, what I do. I mean, I get to have fun every day. I get to come up with crazy ways for other people to have fun and learn and elevate their lives. What color are you? Oh, I'm actually very high green. If you're talking about neurocolors. <laughs> and if you could describe yourself in a dog or a cat breed, which would it be and why? Labrador, because they're just so, so sweet and innocent and fun and happy. Awesome. Well, this has been a super fun, fun. episode, Megan. Thank, Thank you, you so Megan. much for coming on. We loved You're it. This welcome. Was great. Lots of laughs um, and lots of goofs along the way. Thank you, well, Megan. You're very welcome. Can you give a shout out to how we can reach you, where we can find you online? Oh, easy. Just thedoctoroffun.com is my website. And I love that. That's amazing. Actually, right now I have, there's a free quiz. You can take your happiness temperature. Oh, so see if you're overdosed on stress or off the charts fun. So check it out. Do you have social media handles and things too where people can follow you or your stuff? Yes, I am on TikTok and Instagram and LinkedIn. And if you just go to Megan Benson or the Doctor of Fun, you will find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, have Megan. a great weekend. You too. Thanks a lot, you guys. It's a lot of fun. For all the positive leaders listening out there, we hope you learned something to take back to your practice to put into use tomorrow. We want to hear from you, good, bad, and everything in between. So email us at positiveleaders at gmail.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. Want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast? Email us. Want to have your you can't make this shit up story featured? Email us. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Positive Leadership Podcast and be sure to rate us. Check out our website at www.positiveleaders.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. And as always, catch us on all the socials. This is Andrea. And David. Signing off until next time. Stay happy and sane. The Positive Leadership Podcast is solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided in this podcast are general in nature, and such information, statements, comments, views, and opinions, and the receipt of this podcast by any listener are not intended to be and should not be construed as the provision of any business advice. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers and guests, are those of Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and their guests only, may not be current, and do not represent the statements, comments, views, and opinions of any other person or business entity. 
Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and or the Positive Leadership Podcast do not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever, is expressly disclaimed.